Welcome, everybody, to the Modern Day Overthinker podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If it's your first time tuning in, welcome. If you're a returning listener, I appreciate you as well. This episode is with my cousin, Gregory Cooney, a.k.a. Greg Cooney. I just call him Greg. He is almost exactly a year younger than me. We've been very close our whole lives, even though he lives in Oklahoma. One of those people I can just pick up where I left off with whenever I talk to him. More like a brother than a cousin to me. We share a lot of things in common, being in recovery and dealing with mental illness. However, something we do not share, but we were able to talk about was him losing his dad at a very young age due to suicide, and he was very open about that and shared his story. So R.I.P. Uncle Mark. Disclaimer, we did get kind of goofy on this podcast. Shared some stories. Greg shared some stories that were pretty detailed about drug use. So disclaimer there. We laughed about it. I was not laughing at Greg. I was laughing with him. We can laugh about it now. It happened in the past. So just want to let you guys know that. I'm not laughing at addiction. I understand it. We have a dark sense of humor. When you get the two of us together, it gets a little goofy. This was a great episode. So enjoy this episode with Gregory Cooney. A.K.A. Greg Cooney. Or just Greg, my cousin. Yeah, just uh, we could start out by just doing uh, I don't really introduce my guests. I do that like after I listen to the episode and I do like a brief intro. So um, and obviously I could introduce you in a bunch of different ways. Um, But uh, yeah, just uh, if you want to start out by introducing yourself and kind of wanted you what you wanted to talk about today, we could kind of go through a lot of different things. So, okay. Yeah, I'm Greg Cooney. Uh, I live in Oklahoma City. I'm from. Uh, I'm actually from here, but I live most of my life in Norman, Oklahoma. You don't know where that is, but um, oh, you. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to get on here and talk about. Um, shit, tell a little bit. Of, tell a little bit about my story. Um, some things that I've been through. Some things I've overcame. Um, I dealt with uh, with a parent who committed suicide. I've. Uh, been in and out of uh, drug and alcohol rehabs, psych wards, hospitals from the time I was 16 until I was uh, 24. So that's um, a lot to cover. And um, I work in uh, the mental health and drug and alcohol field. So I work at a treatment center uh, here in Oklahoma. Can touch on some stuff about that. 
uh, and uh, I'm in recovery myself as well. So I do a, I do a 12 step program here, uh, here in Oklahoma city. I didn't really, yeah, you were born in Oklahoma. How long did you live in Oklahoma city before you moved to Norman? <sighs> I don't know. Probably like, I think like, like a couple of years, maybe. Yeah, I was gonna say you had to be real young because I always remember just you living in Norman from what yeah. I remember. Yeah. And also another thing to add to this is you are my cousin, so that's another. Yeah. Uh, that's another, a another addition to the intro. <laughs> that's yeah. Yes, you're definitely my cousin. We're yeah. related. More like almost like brothers, though. It's yeah. You would have been a you would have been a good brother. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh. It's always been like that, man. It's like one of those things where we could just pick up where we left off. That's how our relationship's always been, which is cool. Yeah. And I don't, I don't have that relationship with a lot of people. There's a lot of people I just don't talk to anymore, you know? Yeah, for sure. I've, yeah, I got a buddy, Jim, who's like that. And my best friend, Hootie, and then you for sure. Like every time we talk, we can just kind of start cracking up, get into that dark humor and, and oh, talk yeah. about where we're at. Oh yeah, for sure. I just, uh, yeah, I reached out. My friend Dylan's like that. Uh, so shout out to my friend Dylan. He just had uh, his first first kid, first son, uh, which uh, baby he's Dylan. like, yeah, baby Dylan. He's like, it's, he's like, I feel like a real adult now. I'm like, that's what it takes. I'm yeah. Like, I think even after that, I still won't feel like a real adult. I feel I'm, like I've reached a certain level of success by not having a kid. Yeah. Like, get, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty like, shocked. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to fucking peak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I don't Plateau. know. Because I think about having a kid and I'm like, a lot I don't of know, man. I'm too selfish. Yeah, that's another thing uh, where, I, where I'm at. I feel that same way about relationships too. Um, where it's like, I'll, I think I want to be in a relationship. And then I'm like, I don't know. I kind of like doing whatever I want to do all the time. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So yeah. no, for sure. I uh I end up screwing up all that. <laughs> <laughs> I end up screwing up all that. Yeah. I'm like, maybe I'm gay. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I got a lot of questions. Maybe I need to maybe I need to go back to therapy. Yeah. Yeah. I just started seeing a new therapist. I switched. I fucking divorced or broke up with my last therapist, which is way easier to do when it's virtual, man. You just change it on that. It was, I was using, uh, I've been using better help. Yeah. You just uh, hang up on them. <laughs> well, I just, <laughs> well, after the last appointment, I just fucking said, you, you can just go in and just change your therapist and just switch it. You just could go. Irish. You could buy them. <laughs> I just ghosted the crap out of this guy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, That's dude, tight. Yeah, I, just, I didn't like his vibe, man. Yeah, I need a woman therapist. That's I've had the most success with female therapists. I've had two. My first therapist I ever had, um, it was, I guess he was a psychiatrist, so a little bit, of, a little bit of both. But he actually did the therapy part. He wasn't like a drug dealer psychiatrist, um, which I've had those too. Where it's just like, what do you need? What are you good? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 10 minutes, 10 minute appointment. The plug. Like, knock them up and just fucking, you're good. Yeah. You're oh like, my dude, God. I, I got Xanax. <laughs> yeah. You got those bars, bro. Like, geez, it's ridiculous. Even in recovery, uh, I've, I've had, after 
explicitly explaining that I'm in recovery from all substances, not just like Cali sober or anything like that, or, you know, I don't dabble in anything. People that I've still had a doctor. Well, I had one doctor that still like brought it up multiple times, like Xanax. I'm like, are you trying to kill me? Like, come on. We're not, we're not doing that. Yeah. I've. uh... You realize that could turn into just like, the way people take like eat M&Ms and shit like I could turn into that like real quick. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, dude, do you not, did you not hear the part where I told <laughs> you that my, my last drug was air duster and my last drink was champagne. Like <laughs> I never got into the air duster game. I've heard some crazy stories about air duster. Oh dude. It's, I, uh, one time I, uh, <clears throat> oh, fuck. I was, um, I went to like a CVS and I bought like, I discovered it because I was hanging out with my friend Evan and he, uh, he was like huffing this can. And I was just, I think I was like, it was right before I got sober. I was like 24. You're like, what and I was you, just like, what were you like? What are you doing? Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? He was like, dude, this it's like doing whippets. And I was like, no, isn't that keyboard cleaner? And, uh, he <laughs> handed over, he, he handed over to me and I was like, dude, this is great. Like, uh, so I went to CVS and I got like five cans and, uh, I was homeless. Like, you know, I didn't find out that I was homeless until my, uh, my first, uh, sponsor told me he was like, yeah, living on your mom's couch is homeless. And I was like, Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Well that. And so, uh, okay, buddy. What did you yeah, mean? I did like, I had like five cans and I like went to my mom's house and I went to the bathroom and like, drew a bath uh like got all hot and i got you know i got in the bathtub and i just had like a beer and i was like laying in the bathtub just like huffing cans and uh i was like falling out like i would i would like come to and i'd be like under the water like i'd be like like i would completely like just all the oxygen in my brain just evaporated yeah um and i came to and the door was open and i look over and there's like a paramedic two firefighters and like a cop just standing over me. And I'm like naked in this bathtub with like air duster. And my mom's just like, I don't know what he's doing. And I was like, Oh shit. (laughs) I thought it was like a hallucination. And, uh, they like, you know, got me in the ambulance and, uh, they were like, I remember one of the medics was like, dude, maybe like drink beer or like smoke a joint. But like this stuff, dude, this is, trashy and, and I was just like <laughs> just, i don't know i don't know dude. i don't need like, your judgment here yeah i was just like yeah uh i know yeah i was like i just you know and it's funny because like we talked about it's pretty it, cheap like, right it was like five bucks a can yeah, yeah, yeah oh yeah yeah and then um we talk about it at work a lot like when i'm when i'm doing like a group like whenever something like that happens or like you fall off and someone asks you like, well, like what happened? Like how, like, why'd you fall off the wagon again? Like, Oh, relapsing. If if I were, yeah. If I were to give you like any type of explanation or reason, like I'd be a liar. Cause like, I just don't know what happened. Like, you know, I just go from, you know, if I don't have like a defense against the first drink or drug, like if I don't have, I'm not working a program of recovery, um, it's a thinking disease. So like, I can't outthink a thinking disease. And I just go back to like what I was doing. Like, I remember I'd be sober and I'd be like, 
I'd be like, you know, like 30 days sober or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, quit, quit going to meetings, quit doing the stuff and uh, quit talking to people. Yeah. It just takes like one little argument with someone or whatever, just to be like, all right, you know, I, I, you know, you change your mind basically. And uh, there's like, you know, once, once my mind's made up in that mode, like it's, oh, it's yeah. game over. all bets are off. Like, and I, like, I, I actually got a public intox on air duster one time. I was in the four, four way. Wow. I was in the, I was in the four, four way or whatever the fuck you call it in the, I was like outside my mom's door of her apartment. I was knocking on the door and I was trying to get in. She wouldn't let me in. So I went upstairs uh, and there was no one that lived upstairs. So I was just up there just like huffing cans and she called the cops and the cops found me up there and like put the cuffs on me. And I was like, I was like, just please take me to the psych ward. Don't take me to jail. (laughs) Yeah. And my mom was just like, no, he's been to the psych ward too many times. Take him to jail. <laughs> I was just Way like, cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, geez. Terrible. Yeah. Duster. Yeah. That I've wasn't heard. even my shit, though. But like, I it got, was just whatever it took, you know? Yeah, for sure. Got to that point. Well, let's uh, yeah. let's let's rewind it back to when uh, when things started taking a taking a turn for the worse uh, say when did you start really getting into drinking and, and drugs would you say like 14 15 no I was 16 okay uh, was, yeah um which these days that's like old uh but um yeah I was yeah, 15 I, so I was old too in comparison yeah. I grew up you know, going to like meetings with my dad, my dad was sober for, for, he had like stints of sobriety. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd get like five years, go back out, get six years, go back out. It was like, you don't really hear about that type of alcoholic. Um, but, uh, so I grew up going to meetings and stuff and I always had this idea of like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drink. Like I've, I've always heard that that's like bad, you know? Yeah. You told me that when you told me that story about the five years and six years. And when I got five years, I was like, Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. It is crazy. Cause now I have friends. I have a couple of buddies who've gone back out who had five and six years and, uh, one's back in the program and one's like, thinks that it, you know, thinks that like they're anti cults. Yeah, he's just yeah. like it, yeah, he's just kind of a pessimist. But um yeah. But anyways, uh, yeah, I was like uh so I was like 16 and I remember like uh the like the, the coolest guy in our friend group um or like w- one of the guys in our friend group, we found out that he smoked weed and like me and my friends were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe he did that." Mm-hmm. And then the cool the coolest guy in our friend group was like, "I don't know, I kind of want to try it." And then immediately I was like, okay, I'm down. And, uh, like I was such a a follower, follower, such a follower and, um, ended up, uh, hanging out with my brother one night and, uh, smoked weed and drank for my first time. And, uh, he was taking me home to my dad's house in my own car. And, uh, I was like throwing up outside the window and he was like, dude, if I drop you off at dad's man, it's not going to be good. (laughs) You can stay at my house tonight or I can drop you up at dad's. And I was like, all right, take me to your house. And, um, good call. Yeah. Like long story short, I like, you know, threw up or whatever, but I remember like, I remember the feeling of the alcohol and, and, and smoking the weed. And I, I remember just being like, 
fuck dude i've I've, i made it like i finally just this is what i needed yeah all the insecurities and all the all the i'm thinking about what you're thinking about me and all that was just like gone and um Mm -hmm. and although i threw up and i ended up you know going to my brothers or whatever like you know i wanted i chased that for a long time and uh i woke up and my dad called me and he was like hey you didn't come home last night and that's a pretty odd and (laughs) yeah uh, (laughs) and he he was like i just want to let you know that it all starts here and he like hung up on me and i was like oh shit it was like it was like a movie trailer (laughs) what's gonna happen next um, the credits yeah and um, opening credits after that so like you know and after that um there was like so it's crazy that this timeline is pretty short of like a lot of things that happened. It was like yeah. a week later, drank again, did all that. You know, I'm like smoking prime times outside of my house in the middle of the night behind my dad's car and he, while he was asleep. And, um, are you talking about hitters? The little prime time. It's like a little cigar. Um, okay. I didn't know. Like, it. I'm sorry. I don't even know what they are anymore. But, like, <laughs> Uh, like cigarellos type of thing like a, like, no, a it was like black and mild like, it's more like a baby cigarette that's what it looks like okay gotcha yeah um and i get like the head rush and stuff and yeah so like i was just dipping my toes and everything and but i remember my reaction to all that was way different than my friends like i was like when are we doing it next yeah and you're that was all you looked forward to yeah yeah and they're like i don't know like if someone's mom goes out of town or whatever we'll do it and i was like yeah. Okay. Well, like I'll buy the beer. Like I was like, I was yeah. like a go getter for it. And, um, and so, uh, I remember, so one night, uh, I was on the phone with, uh, my ex-girlfriend shout out Marissa Brumfield. And, um, she was like, we were talking, I can't remember what we were talking about, but I remember like laying, uh, laying on my bed and I was living at my grandma's at the time. Cause I was going to Norman North. So I had like just moved out of my dad's house, like a couple days before that. And, um, actually let me go back just like a few days before that. Uh, I called my dad and I was like, Hey, I need gas money. And he was like, all right, well I'm at the house. And I was like, that's weird. It's like 3 PM on a, you know, it was like right when I got out of school. Um, and it was like on like a Thursday or something. So he should have been at work. And I, I yeah. go there, I go there and my dad's like in like a full like sweatsuit, like OU beanie, uh, sweater, sweatpants. And uh, I was like, I was like, what's going on? Like, what are you doing? And he is, he's like, uh, he was like, well, he just sat there for a minute and he was like, I've been, um, I've been trying to kill myself for, for a few days now. And I was like, what because like everything before that was just stability like i didn't really i didn't see i saw like a small chain of events of like a breakup with his girlfriend and like i knew that he wasn't really being able to like sleep well and stuff but like i never like didn't he have some like didn't he have like some like restless leg type stuff going on yeah my mom told me about that yeah yeah he would talk about how like he he couldn't like he would be so tired but like his mind like wouldn't let him sleep like yeah, it was yeah. just like straight racing thoughts and um and so when he told me that i just like i kind of went to like survival instinct mode and i was just like i need to take you to the hospital and like i don't know anything about psych wards or anything at that time i'm just yeah like, uh so i took him to the hospital i drove him there 
and they admitted him to the fourth floor of Norman Regional. And um, when he got out of the hospital, uh, like four days later, he, you know, talked to me and my brother and he was like, hey, I'm going to get back into church. Like uh, he was like, I'm sorry if I become a Jesus freak, but like, I just need to, I need to get, you know, I need to like get my stuff together. Cause like, he was like, I'm never going to, I'm never going to put you guys through that again. And, um, so I stayed living at my grandma's house. Um, and it was like, man, I, I think it was like a week later or something when I got, I got a call when I was on the phone with my uh, ex-girlfriend, it was my brother. Uh, so my brother and uh he was like hey i need you to come over to dad's house like something's going on and he wasn't over there yet we i went there and i was like thinking that my dad was like fighting cops in the front yard or something i yeah. show up there's like a cop car out front no lights on and my brother's out there and uh, my brother's like crying and i like felt that i knew what happened but yeah. i didn't really know and he had uh the cops told us that uh, my dad had uh, hanged himself in the garage. And I remember just like, just being like, I'm only 16. Like I, and uh, I like, yeah. didn't really, I didn't really know how to react. Like it was just, I got my car, my brother got my car and my brother's like rolling a cigarette. And I was just like, I gotta, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Um, and so I went and stayed with a friend that night um and then it was it was you're just kind of numb to it or like just like not numb just but like it was very surreal to you at the time yeah it was like super surreal like it was like i was operating it was like a video game it was like i was watching myself like like maneuver and uh i remember just like listening to the i had just got the kanye west graduation album and i I just remember like banger it's such a banger and uh like every time like october this happened October 29th, 2007. Every time like fall comes around and like the leaves start to change and stuff, it just takes me back to like listening to Kanye and like being like 16. It's just, it's really not like a bad reminiscence of it. Uh, it's just, oh, that's like, good. It's crazy. Like, like you could, you could throw me anywhere in the, like you could drop me off somewhere and like lock me up for like eight months. And if I walked out and felt the way that the air was, I would know that it was like that time of year. Like if mm-hmm. it was like, if it was in that uh, gap of like, uh, like late October. Um, Cause like, I can always just feel it in the air, but, uh, but yeah, so it's just an odd coincidence that like all that happened, like right when I started dabbling in drugs and alcohol. Uh, yeah. Cause, uh, cause whenever that happened, everyone just felt really bad, you know? And, uh, they'd invite me to parties. Like I remember yeah. this guy, this guy, uh, this se- this guy who was a senior in high school. He invited me to like, you were a sophomore at the time, right? Sophomore. Yeah. He invited me to go see little Wayne at the Ford center. Dude. I, yeah. Like went and saw little Wayne with like these guys. And I was all like, I was just so like fried out. Like I didn't, I, I don't even know. Um, but yeah, and that was whenever I I got hospitalized for my first time. It was like right after that. I had like uh it was back when they still had like a thousand milligram Tylenols and I ate like 20 of them. And I wasn't really trying to kill myself. I was just trying to like numb out. Yeah. I, I, I told I told my mom that I did that. Um because when my dad died, my mom came back into my life. I was like, hey, remember me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Um, oh hey yeah yeah, she did the best she could but um um 
So I went to a psych ward and whenever you're like an adolescent, you don't, you don't just leave those places after a few days. Like I was there for like two months. And, yeah. They uh, keep you as long as they yeah. can. And it was bucking there. Cause I was there with like, I was like the oldest one. There's like kids that are like 12 and stuff and they're like running around and getting shots in the ass because they're like going crazy. And, and I'm just <laughs> like, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm just sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just real sad. You guys are. Just, yeah all over the place but yeah when i got out of there i cut like my teachers just like let me like pick up where i left off and i Mm -hmm. I tried to do school and i didn't do too well but i you know i passed and like uh the year i graduated um uh they like the principals like sat me down in the office and were like hey we just want to let you know that if you keep on going the way that you're going, you're, you're not going to be successful in life. And they told me that they had known that I'd been really intoxicated at school, like multiple times and that there was reports and all this. And they, and they, they were like, we know that you had some hard stuff happen to you while you've been here. And um, we just want to let you know that that didn't, you know, all the, you know, all of the stuff with you being intoxicated and coming to school high and drunk, like it didn't go unnoticed. And yeah, I we knew. Just, yeah. And like, um, and I was just kind of embarrassed and, uh, it, looking it back, it, looking back, like I get like them understanding, but they shouldn't have gave you that full pass, you know? Yeah. I was like, all right, well do I was like, I was like, do I get to graduate? And they were like, you have to go to Saturday school every Saturday until you, until like school's in. And I was like, okay, whatever. So yeah. I did that and I graduated and like, I couldn't tell you what happened from like sophomore year, senior year. Like I like, I, I was like never in school really. Um, and then everyone went to college and stuff. And I was like, I just had no direction, you know, like yeah. at, at that point, like alcohol was affecting me differently. Like I was becoming dependent on it. I would become really like, whenever I, like I hated myself because I just was just so wrapped up in myself and uh, just like, wasn't a good person. And I was covering it up with the alcohol and the drugs. And um, uh, like that would come like every time I drank it, everything I hated about myself would just be exposed. And I would just, I was so like, just like hateful to people. I'd get kicked out of like every bar, you know, I was always arrested um, and then going forward, you know, like I tried to move out to Iowa, I moved out to mm-hmm. your parents' house and, um, and, uh, you know, looking back on it, I know what happened. Like I couldn't drink the way that I wanted to drink. You know, I got out there and, yeah. um, tried to get some stability. Like your dad sent me up with the job. Um, you know, I had, I had my car, I had a place to live. I was enrolled in school, trying to go to school, did that for just like a little bit. And I remember one day I just like realized that like, I was so far out of my comfort zone and like, I couldn't, I I couldn't stand to be in my own skin. Like Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to numb out the way that I wanted to. And that's like the progression of alcoholism and drug addiction. Like it just gets more severe as time goes. Um, oh, yeah. And so I just one day just packed up all my shit and bailed. And, um, and you know, like I, I didn't think anything about it. Like I, it was just like, you know, I was like, oh, well, they're upset, whatever. And, yeah. And just running like, was, yeah. 
Yeah. It was like, you don't understand. Like, this is my life. Like, you know, it's, it's all about me, you know, entitlement shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I got back, like my mom's, the house that my mom's living in, it was like being foreclosed on. And then she moved into this like section eight apartment. I was like living with her and um, just like no direction. And when my dad died, I got, you know, I got a life insurance payout. And so I'm just like drawn from this money. Like, you know, I not thinking that like, I was just, you know, just trying to survive. Um, (laughs) Not realizing that like, I should maybe get a job or like go to school or do something with my life. Like that was never on the radar. Like I just didn't care. Like I, I, I really like didn't have any ambitions. I was probably depressed and didn't even realize it. And, um, I, um, I would just say probably, but yeah. 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 And, uh, what I would do is I would just zigzag around the country and go to concerts. I started following around this band STS nine and like, I still do that today sober, but, um, I would just go to different cities around the country and meet people and stay and overstay my welcome and then finally make it back home. And then, uh, I would end up in like random cities around the country and I would get so like, so messed up that, I would end up in a place like a psych ward and I'd be in like Atlanta, Georgia. And my mom would get a call and she would just be like, where are you? And I'd be like, I'm in Atlanta. And she's like, what? And like, I would just go like missing basically. Yeah. Am I? Yeah. I would somehow make it back home. And, um, and that went on from the time I was 19 until 24. And then, you know, I had my best friend Hootie was always there for me. Like he always like, was like willing to help, but like, mm-hmm. I'm really glad that no one ever let me like stay with them or like do anything like that, but they would pick me up from the hospital mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, answer my phone calls. And then, and then it got to a point where like, no one really did. Like I, I, yeah, my, be- my best friend would, but like, um, and I, I needed that. I'm the, I'm the type of person I, I need everyone to quit trying to help me or feeling sorry for me. Cause like, I need, I need to hit that bottom. I need to have that self implosion. Some people need that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, for me, I really needed to have like no one answer the phone and, um, no I one co-signing. Yeah. Yeah. Co-signing my bullshit. Like yep. it's, uh, and, uh, I went to my first rehab when I was, uh, 22, um, and I was in like Tonkawa, Oklahoma, and it was like it was a joke. It was like this, uh, what was it? It was like a a shack basically with like dividers and then like twin size beds, and it was like a forty nine day program out in the middle of nowhere. And forty nine, yeah, seven weeks. Weird. All yeah. right, give me give me my forty nine day certificate. Yeah, <laughs> it was called Alpha Two, and. uh, <laughs> I think they got closed for like embezzling. It was like a state funded treatment center. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, cause like I, I went to like, I was dating this girl at the time and I wanted to get away from her. And uh, I went to, I went to the doctor one day just to try to get on some meds or something. And the doctor was like, do you drink? And I was like, yeah, I drink. And he was like, how much? I was like, uh, and I was just, I was honest for the first time. I was like, I was like, I, I drink until I'm really drunk like every day. Or like, and I was like, well, I have stomach issues too from drinking. So sometimes I can't, but like, I have to, 
I had, you know, I end up drinking every day. And he was like, well, how long have you been doing that? And I was like, since I was like 18, 17. And he was like, you've gone that long. Like you've never taken like a three day break or anything. And I was like, no. And he was like, you need to go to a detox center. Cause if you try to quit, like you, you could you have a draw and you could die. And, um, and so he like gave me a, re- he gave yeah. me a reference to like, uh, this detox called TRC. And I was like, Oh, I can go there. And then that'll be a good excuse to get away from my girlfriend. Oh so yeah. I went, so I went to detox to get away from her basically. And, uh, man, like after like four days, you know, they're giving me benzos and stuff. Um, but I started to feel better. Like I sweated it all out. And, and I was like, I kind of had like a glimmer of hope of like, wait, uh, serotonin, like, yeah, this is crazy. And, um, and the only reason why I went to rehab from detox is because the guys I was hanging out in detox, that's what they were doing. They're like, Hey, we're going to this place called alpha two. You're coming with us. And I was like, all right. Like I have nothing else. To nothing do. else to do. Yeah, I try to and avoid so my I, girlfriend. So yeah, and so I went there, and you know, got introduced to like twelve step programs, whatever. I graduated, stayed sober for two months. I got a job at a liquor store, and uh, I, I remember was, this. I yeah, remember. I was this. in a I was in a meeting one time, and uh, I was like, they were like, Greg, did you get a job yet? And I was like, Yeah, I got a job at a liquor store. And, and everybody like, just. <laughs> everyone laughed and they were just like, that's a terrible idea. And I, <laughs> I like defended myself. I was like, oh, I'm two months sober. Like, yeah, I got yeah, two I months, can, bro. I yeah, can do I can anything. Do it. And, uh, it didn't, you know, it was like, yeah. it didn't take long for me to start drinking there. And, uh, you know, I, I got fired and that uh, they told me to bring in the key. I was, I was actually going to, I knew I was going to jail and I called and I was like, Hey, uh, I'm in this court program and like, I I'm going to jail tomorrow. And my, the owner was like, J- bring in your key. <laughs> I was like, I was like, all right. Then, uh, so I did that. And then, uh, when I was, so to go back a little bit, when I was 21, I got three DUIs. I got them all within 10 months of each other. And, uh, I was supposed to be going to prison and I was in the attorney's office and my mom's sitting there with me and the attorney's like, all right, you go to this like minimum grade, low, 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 but it was like, he was like, it's not a bad prison. <laughs> it's like, it's like, a kid's, it. it's like a kid's prison. And I like, tried to like, grease me down on like the prison stuff. And I was like, he's like, you just got to go for a, a year, maybe a little bit, a little bit more like, and I was like, and I was like, Oh, there's gotta be a door three. (laughs) Yeah. And and he was like, and my mom was like, my mom was like, just go, just do it. Like, just get it over with. And I was like, I was like, mom, I don't want to go to prison. Yeah. And like, I'm like yelling, she's yelling. And the attorney's like, both of you shut up. And he was, he was a drunk, but he was a really good attorney. And, um, uh, he was like, I'm not ready to sell you down the river quite yet. And I was like, why did you tell me I'm going to prison? <laughs> and so we go to court and uh, we're standing in front of the judge. And I kid you not, the judge was like, so what's going on with this guy? And I'm standing there and he goes, he goes, let me tell you, he has not been the best client. And because my, my mom would tell on me when I drink, she'd call the attorney and be like, he's drinking again. What <laughs> and so not the best client. Great bro. sell, bro. Yeah. And, uh, and then he goes, he goes, but 
he mentioned some stuff about what happened with my dad. I got addiction in the family, all that stuff. And then he's like, he's like, this kid weighs 110 pounds. He cannot go to prison. <laughs> and I was like, what? Wow. What a defense. <laughs> and she was like, and she was like, do you want to make a change in your life? And I was like, I'll do whatever it takes. Not to and go she, to prison. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, all right. So I did this thing called mental health court and it's like a, it's like drug court. court. What well, is it's it? like drug it, court? Yeah. We it's have drug like, court around here. We do. We do too. But like, I met the it's criteria. Different? Okay. The, yeah. So like mental health court is like, you have to receive services from the mental health department, like mm-hmm. go to these groups and do all this stuff, do the yeah. random UAs. You have to do all the stuff that. So it's kind of like drug court, but a little bit more. It's a little bit more, but it's funded by the state. So I didn't have to pay for my drug test. I didn't have to like pay for anything. Yeah. So yeah. It was, it was good, but um, I wore an alcohol ankle monitor and uh, it oh, like, had like, these prongs that get real close to like your, uh, your calf. And it measures like if you have like a BAC level at all. Um, and so I'd have to sit next to the, to the hub that's plugged into the wall with my monitor at night and it would like send all the data to my PO. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so like I, I did horribly in that program. Like I, I, uh, they call them sanctions. Like when you get in trouble, you got to go to jail for a few days. And I kept getting those cause I was failing UAs. Like I couldn't stay sober and, um, I was lying. Like I want, th- this is what almost got me kicked out. It should have gotten me kicked out, but, um, I told, the judge, I was like, I want to go to Colorado because my family, we all go to Colorado every year for like a family reunion type thing. And we go camping and they, they bought it. I was like, that's a lie. All right. Yeah. 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 Like that is a lie. And, um, and I was really just going to see STS nine at Red Rocks. (laughs) And so I flew, I flew out to Colorado and my, my, my buddy who's been sober for like six years, he's been sober now for like, like 11 years or something mm-hmm. he picked me up and uh like i was like can we go to the liquor store and he was like are you drinking now and i was like yeah i'm, I'm a drink this weekend he was like all right and uh i uh go to the liquor store and this is like with i was only there for like three hours and i go to the liquor store i give it and they ask for my id and the guy looks at it and he goes he goes this isn't you and i was like no, that's definitely me. It was my ID, but like yeah. my picture, my face is all puffy and stuff. I, I'd got a new ID like after a, a, a bender that I went on where I lost my wallet and stuff. So I, I look like ridiculous in this picture. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, dude, that is me. And he puts out a yeah. piece of paper. He's like, sign your signature. And I signed it. And he was like, no, this is not the same. This is not you. He was just I, yeah. Nah, he takes my ID. And I look outside, there's a cop car and I'm kind of lit up at that point. I'd, I'd had a few drinks like prior to going in there. And so I was like, I'm going to go over and get that cop and, uh, you know, he'll run my ID. And he was like, go do it, whatever. And so I go out to the car and he's not in there. So I go into like the sushi restaurant next door and, and I see a cop sitting down with like a, a girl cop. I like tap him on the shoulder. And I'm like, hey, man like they won't sell me beer and they took my idea because I think it's fake. And he was like, I'm eating right now. And I was like, dude, do your job. <laughs> and he was like on like a date with this like girl cop. And, and they, and he looked at me like, 
Jesus. I'm not. <laughs> and, and he got up and went over there. And one of my DUIs that I got was in Fort Collins, Colorado. And I never like followed up on it or anything. Oh, so I, this like, going. I remember this he, now. He runs the ID and he's like, he's like, oh yeah, this is definitely you. And you have a warrant out for your arrest in Fort Collins. And I'm in Boulder at the time. So he arrests me for, you know, it's all crazy. Cause it was really me, but like, I just like walked into it. And, yeah. Uh, I go to jail and then they transfer me to Fort Collins. And by the time I get out of jail, like I got out of jail, went to a bar and I met this girl named Wendy and she was probably like, Oh man, I was 23 or 22. And she was like 39 or something. And we started drinking together and she, I went home with her, did all that. And I ended up, she had like a, she had like a, she had like this bowl of Valium. It was like full to the brim, like small bowl, but still like full. And I would just, she would just have me eat like handfuls of those. Like she'd leave me little notes in the morning. And be like, Wasn't she a doctor? Yeah. 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 And she was like, eat as many as you want. And, uh, and so I like all this, I, I like came to one day and realized I'd been, it had been like, I've been with her for like three or four weeks. And so I like got a plane flight home while she was at work. I like just bailed. And then I like showed up to court and I was so messed up on benzos. And uh, they were like, where have you been? And I like told them that I, you know, I was like, I, I just got back. And they were like, no, like, you know, my, my, my mom found out what happened and like the cat was out of the bag and they're like, we're, we're going to terminate you and you're going to go to your prison time. So I went to jail and I wrote like the judge a long letter and I don't, I think she got it. And then like, she added up the days that I was out of town and then made that my sanction, which was five weeks. So I spent five weeks in there. They let me back in the program and, um, I went to another rehab. Yeah. You should have got kicked out for sure. Yeah, went to another rehab, got out, didn't stay sober, but I was honest going forward. Like, I'd be like, I'd call my PO and be like, oh, I'm drunk. And she'd be like, God damn it. <laughs> and uh, and so I, like, ended up um, uh, going to rehab again, and, and that's, when I, that's when I finally got sober. I bought into all the stuff. I took all the recommendations. Yeah, you're finally- saying that. I'm, I finally saw that all the people in recovery weren't full of shit. I was like, these guys used to be just like me. I'm just going to do what they did. And it, it takes what it takes. Cause before I just thought I was an exception to the rule. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do this, this, and this, but I'm not doing that. And I'm not doing that. And I don't believe in God. My dad killed himself. You know, I just like, yeah. I did all, I did all the, you know, all the things to make myself unique. And, uh, but when mm-hmm. I finally just like, just completely surrendered and bought in, like, you know, life start getting good, like really quick. Oh yeah. That's how it works, man. It's weird. It's very weird. And the longer you stay in and keep doing what you need to do, the better things get. That's what I've noticed. I mean, obviously not everything's been perfect since I've been sober either, but in comparison, I'll definitely take it for sure. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It's a, it's good. And then like, um, I, when I had like nine months, I started working at the treatment center that I went to. Um, and, and then, uh, I worked there for like two and a half years. And then when COVID happened, um, uh, my mom ended up dying. She, uh, was in the hospital with like heart issues and, mm-hmm. uh, she passed away. But like during all that, I got to like, um, uh, 
before that, like, I think I had like, I started doing like the amends process uh, pretty mm-hmm. early in my sobriety. And I got to sit down with my mom and, you know, tell her, um, you know, this is what I did to you and all these things. And like, what can I do to make it right? And uh, she was just like, just keep doing what you're doing. And like, I got, I, I got to make peace with my mom before she died. And uh, like, I know, yeah, which is I, great. Uh, yeah. I was sober for four years when, when she passed and, got to like handle the estate and take care of all the business and, um, and be and responsible. All, yeah. yeah. And that's all because of like a program of recovery. Like, cause like me left to my own devices, uh, like I'm roaming the country with, with I aimlessly just like being a tornado in the lives of the people I care about the most. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. As you t- you're telling some of those stories, I'm like, I remember talking to you like either during those stories or after, because there'd be like times where, you know, during that time I was pretty messed up. Uh, so we would like, I remember like right before I finally got my shit together, uh, I was talking to you on the phone outside of my friend's apartment. She was letting me sleep there for like super cheap. I wasn't technically homeless. So I was paying her. Um, I mean, sometimes I, most of the time I paid her. Um, <laughs> when I didn't go to the casino with my drug yeah. dealer, um, but I remember uh calling you outside of the apartment, and I was just like, "Yeah, man, I'm still doing this," and I, and you're just like, "Yep, yep," and you because you're like, "Yep, heard all this before." You could just yeah. tell, like, yeah, he's, and it was like not long after that i think like that was after i think i got my dui and uh because i kind of stayed flew under the radar for a little bit after i got my dui and we're just kind of like didn't drink as much but still doing other stuff you know substituting um i did a lot of substituting and you know i thought like you know marijuana wasn't bad you know it's it's fine um because everybody talks about how fucking great it is all the time and um <laughs> not for everybody yeah uh, it made it, it made me weird yeah it made me <laughs> re- made me real weird I don't, I don't chill out i don't chill out on weed i'm like oh, dude uh, it makes and i know you me and you both have ocd it messes with my ocd hard oh but, yeah dude no for sure i'm yeah, it's it twacks me out and like, dude, I'd be like, I was just so like, I was just so mentally ill and like I still am, um, but like I'm on you know a regimen these days. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but man, I would just sometimes I'd be on my medicine and and drinking on top of it. Oh yeah, just counteracting just, it. Just ridiculous, yeah. Like, and I could never stay on medicine. I would take it for like. A week and then yeah. yeah there's like bottles all over the place like i and i like i would get diagnosed something different every time i went to a psych ward because alcoholism and drug addiction can look like anything it can look like schizophrenia because when i'm coming down off booze and drugs i'm hallucinating so like mm. they're like do you hear voices i'm like yes yes and i do do you see things like yeah i do like but it was all like withdrawal symptoms yeah um, so i would i'd be on like schizophrenia medicine like and then like random stuff that like you know pr- like when i finally got sober i um you know I, I i got on medicine and stuff but it was actually like 
what I needed. It wasn't just like, you know, I, for one, I just lied to doctors all the time. And two, you're just misdiagnosed. A mm-hmm. lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's whatever flavor, the, the flavor of the month is. And they'll diagnose like, you with right. that. We got your gabapin. We're going to yeah. do 16,000 milligrams uh, of gabapin. Yeah. We, we got to, yeah, we got to push the Seroquel this month. Here we got Seroquel. We got your Depakote. We got your Vistaril. We got your Rimeron. You know, take that at night. Uh, uh, we got your, you got your Ativan because you're kind of anxious. You know, like every, everything. Um, I remember that. That's, I think that's what they gave me. They gave me a, a pretty nice dose of Ativan when I was suicidal and went to the hospital. They sent me home with some, it, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I was feeling great. And I got, yeah. I had ice cream and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. feeling, I was feeling great. Well, I was feeling less shitty, I should say. Um, a lot less shitty than when I went in there. Um, because they're like, well, you don't have any plans. Like, I'm not a big planner, so not really my yeah. thing. I should probably still be here, but whatever. I guess I'm leaving. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stupid. Um, but, uh, yeah, I it's been a weird last week, uh, with, uh, with, with my friend passing away. And, um, one thing I wanted to ask you was, cause I know, uh, I don't know if he, if, um, his son Christian will listen to this or not, but, uh, you know, him losing his dad at such a young age, like, do you have any like advice for him or what to like, what's kind of helped you process that because i mean at first you obviously didn't process it because you just uh, we you couldn't you didn't know how to process it other than yeah use substances yeah honestly i would i would try to to go to like some sort of grief therapy group yeah um when he's when he's ready um yeah because this is all just happened so yeah just happened. yeah when he's ready to do that because like i i just dodged all that for so long and like i'm just now with the therapist like diving into like um all that because like Mm. i've been able to freely talk about it for a while but like i still feel like it happened not that long ago and it Mm -hmm. affects me like every day and um you know you can trick yourself into thinking that it doesn't but but my reaction to life um, sometimes is very poor. And I think it's due to like trauma and like, you know, not, not, um, not ever addressing certain issues. Um, Just kind of putting it in the, yeah. I never connected the dots on that until like recently, like uh, in relationships or whatever. Like I've just, I end up kind of just, sometimes I'll burn it down sober. Um, Yeah. And so I, I would just, you know, suggest, ruin a good thing yeah just yeah because it's too good it's just too good and uh i'm i'm gonna you know i'm a a role assigner and if you're not fulfilling that role then i'm out yeah 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 expectation you set expectations for people oh yeah yeah so expectations and then they have expectations and then i'm like you know I just, I just end up like, I think I got like abandonment issues or something because like every time I like get with somebody, it's like, I try so hard to like keep that, that like, it's like the only thing I can like focus on. And then I end up like just destroying it because I'm just too hyper-focused on 
them leaving. Even if there's no signs that someone's going to leave, I always just in the back of my head, it's mm-hmm. just like, this is, you know, they're going to leave or like whatever. And then so I'll, I'll bounce first, you know. Even though they're probably not going to leave. Yeah, maybe. And maybe or maybe leave, not. Even, but even when they do, they they probably had good reason. Like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just insane. Like, uh, like I've just come to the come to the, I've just come to know that like I'm just not good in relationships, and it's uh, it's something that like you know I'm working on. That's that's you know I think like part of like being in recovery is just, like being vulnerable and knowing that like you know like I still have flaws. Being self aware. Yeah, self-aware. Like I, I, I have like a crazy thought process, and like whenever I like verbalize that to a sponsor or whatever, they get to let me know that like, hey, maybe don't do that, or like don't do this, or you know, instead, because like if I just go, if I just run on my own ideas and stuff, like it's just, it's just not good, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and it's that shit. It's good to have people that not necessarily tell you what to do but suggest things that's yeah. another thing because we don't like being told what to do yeah and you can always find someone who's been through the same thing even if like your sponsor doesn't know or whatever like exactly it's just, that's another thing is like your sponsor is a good guide but you can't just have one person that you go with to with all of every single life problem he's not a wizard you know yeah i wish he was a wizard though that'd be cool uh, yeah that'd be sick um, he, he's just a guy that has been around longer than you and has worked the steps more. Maybe that's yeah. basically my sponsor is kind of a wizard though. He like travels all around the country and talks and it's funny. He's got like little sayings, like everybody knows. And oh yeah. Like, Cliche yeah. guy. Oh, but they're good ones, man. Yeah. He calls, what? He calls himself a go-getter. He tells, tells a story. It's funny. He's like, He's like, I was just drunk. I was just drunk in my house all the time. I didn't work for three years. My law firm was burned to the ground. He's like, my wife, he goes, I was a go-getter. My wife goes to work. I go get her. <laughs> good <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Pretty good. Is your shit about to die? Yeah, it is about to die. Oh, we should probably Take wrap. Two. We should probably wrap. We should probably wrap up then. Yeah. Oh, my watch is about to die. Everything's just. Everything needs charged, apparently. I'm just scumbags. Yeah, dude. Well, this is like a, an inherited watch from my dad because he got a new watch, and I was just and he's like, "Well, do you want this?" I'm like, "I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not gonna turn it down." I guess he's like, "I'll give it to you for uh, an installment plan." <laughs> I'll just remind you that I gave it to you in like a couple of years. Yeah, I, I don't know if he'll do that, but he might. Maybe uh, you never know. But yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I really appreciate you being on, man. Get me able to catch up. Uh, as we say all the time, we need to make this a more regular occurrence. I'm terrible at reaching out to people in general. Um, I need to get. I'm trying to get better about that. That was another thing. I that I kind of you know you realize a lot of things when people pass away that are. He wasn't super close to me, but he was a good friend. He was a good guy and he was a good guy to a lot of people. I'm like, man, that's the best way I can honor him, man. It's like just being the guy. He was just, everybody said the same thing about this guy. Like there was, and it wasn't like, you know, like you're at a funeral and everybody just like blows, I w- blow smoke up the dude's ass or whatever. Uh-huh. This guy was legit. Like 
a good guy. Like had he, no enemies. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, he might have had a couple. Everybody's got a couple, but yeah, that's like it, my buddy Jim. He's he's just he's a gym, G E M. Yeah. And uh yeah, like I mean that I'm striving to just do better than I did yesterday. Like exactly. You know, in the morning I do a little meditation and I'm just like I need to get in I need to get into the meditation. Everybody's yeah. been talking to me about it. I had somebody on uh recently. Uh that's a podcast in the vault. I've just been knocking them out and keeping them in the vault because like if I want to release an episode every week till the end of the year, I gotta I gotta keep it going. Um yeah. but yeah, I'm gonna have uh it's a game changer, the meditation. I've heard good things because I've I've tried the praying thing. It's uh it's it kind of works. It's like I can't do that regularly. Yeah. Um, I feel like I do pray. it. I'm a big like pray I, guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm praying to like big ass trees. Yeah. In like a in like a, in, in like a space forest. <laughs> yeah. Praying to Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon, dude. I'm on that Elon Musk protein powder. It's it's gas. <laughs> Is that real? I, I don't know. My buddy refers to it as he always talks about it. it's like some Elon Musk shit. And so I just tell people Elon Musk endorses it. I don't even know. I don't, he probably does. I don't know. With him, you don't know. Yeah. Just tweet at him. He'll probably tweet you back at some point. If he he's yeah. got time, he's got to time it right. Yeah. I've been DMing Kanye and he hasn't opened any of them. Oh, dude, just keep keep trying. That's my boy. Yeah, dude. I don't care. He's Oh man, he is out there. He is out there, but I love it. I was like, he's like, I'm starting this new company. I'm like, sign me up, dude. I do it. Yeah, I anything you got, I'm coming for it. (laughs) Yeah, because he's just him all the time. That's take it or leave it. Yeah, you got. There's a lot to say about that, but we'll wrap it up before it dies. But um, I appreciate it again, man. We'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Love you, man. All right. Love you too, man.